Well, before us this morning is communion, the sacrament established by our Lord Jesus Christ when he was here on earth approximately 2,000 years ago. And since that time, his people have been observing this sacrament together regularly. And one of the questions we ought to ask ourselves is, this bread and this cup, it's really just a sign that points to a biblical reality. Well, what exactly is that biblical reality? Uh, A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of prompting you all with God's word from this pulpit, and I introduced Noah then, and I want us to consider Noah again this morning as we try and uh, remind ourselves of what these signs are pointing to. So you can be turning to Genesis chapter six. I'll read our text in a moment. But let me remind you of several things I pointed out regarding the story of Noah a few weeks ago. Uh, We call it the story of Noah, but the main character is not Noah. The main character is God himself. Throughout uh, this whole story of Noah, we keep hearing the reference of the Lord said, the Lord commanded, the Lord did. Secondly, One of the things that's being emphasized in the story of Noah is the increasing wickedness of man. I I told you a few weeks ago that Genesis is uh, organized by uh, the author into sections. They're uh, uh, broken up by the phrase, these are the generations, the Hebrew for generations being toledot. And um, our text this morning is the very end of the second toledot, And it emphasizes the wickedness of man. Well, at the beginning of the third Toledot, that wickedness is identified again. So part of the emphasis is on the increasing wickedness of man. Now thirdly, a third thing I want to remind you of is there's a theme that runs really throughout the scriptures and it's established in Genesis chapter three. And that theme has to do with two seeds. Seed of the woman, seed of the serpent. Um, God, uh, uh, in Genesis 3.15, communicates the gospel for the first time, and there is a promised seed, an individual, that will come from the descent of the woman. We know that to be Jesus Christ. Well, Noah is in the line of the descent from the woman. So I made the point, anybody reading Genesis, when you come to the story of Noah, it ought to be on the tip of your tongue, ah, is Noah the promised seed? Now we know he's not, we know that Christ is, but Noah is in that that line of descent. And then lastly, one of the things that I drew out of the text is that God, who is holy, is also long-suffering But sin is so serious, it will be judged. The holy, long-suffering God floods. So, with that reminder, turn again to Genesis chapter 6 and read with me, uh, starting in verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land 
man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. And now we come to a beautiful contrast. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now the story of Noah makes it very clear that all of humanity is wicked, that the thoughts of the heart are evil continually. The scripture is not mincing words there. Wickedness and evil is run everywhere. But then we come to this phrase, this beautiful contrasting statement in verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. How is it that Noah was spared from the flood? How is it that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord? You jump forward uh, to verse uh, 9. This is the beginning of the third Toledot. And we read this. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. It's very easy to make the assumption that Noah finding favor in the eyes of the Lord is a result of his righteousness and that he was uh, blameless in his generation and that he walked with God. Well, I'll just point out to you the statement that he found favor in the eyes of the Lord precedes this description of his righteousness and his blamelessness and that he walked with God. Some people conclude that maybe there's a different means of salvation in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament. Did Noah earn this favor that he found in the eyes of the Lord? Well, what I want to propose to you this morning is that no, Noah did not earn the favor that he found in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was made right before God as anybody is made right before God. He trusted in God's promise. He trusted in God's provision of forgiveness through the promised seed, through Christ. So to help us understand that, I want to jump to the New Testament. If you will, flip over to Romans chapter 3. And let's consider how it is that anyone is made right before God. Look at Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. But now... The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Does that not remind you of Genesis 6? Everyone was wicked. The thoughts of the heart were evil continually, for all fall short of the glory of God. And, verse 24, are justified, are declared righteous, are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord because he believed God. He trusted in God's promise. God declared Noah righteous not because of Noah's own behavior, own merit, but on the merit of another, Jesus Christ. Let me, let me try and illustrate this a little bit for you, and I'm going to forewarn you, there's a bit of a trick in my illustration. I want to compare two men. So we've got one man, really a problem-filled life, unfaithful to his wife, divorced her, uh, really wasn't uh, a part of his children's lives, as a matter of fact, owes thousands and thousands of child support dollars to his ex-wife, um, trouble in work, uh, hopped from job to job, fired numerous times, actually developed an addiction to alcohol and um, uh, earned numerous DUIs and um, just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. That's the first man. Now let's compare the second man. Second man's been faithful to his wife. They're about to celebrate 45 years. Um, has multiple children. Actually has a good relationship with the adult kids. Um, has been uh, a good father, training them up. Um, really a good employee also. Uh, retired recently and um, had a, a celebration by his colleagues and uh, the praise and accolades that were given him were just dear and sweet and kind. Um, this second man uh, is actually a good citizen, um, pays his taxes early, doesn't even wait till April 15th, even though he has some real concerns over where the leadership of our country spends those tax dollars. He votes, even in local elections. Which one of these men is righteous? Here's the trick. Neither of these men is righteous before a holy God. See, the issue becomes who, who, who establishes the standard? We move outside of our creatureliness and think we establish the standard. No, we do not. The establishment of the standard is for the creator and the creator alone. And both of those men have fallen short of the glory of God. Apart from God, apart from God's promise of a savior, we have no means to be made right before a God. All humanity is wicked. Now, with that in mind, I want you to jump a little further into the New Testament. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at a little further revelation about our, our character Noah. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Do you see that in the text there? Noah, in essence, by faith, trusted God. The text very specifically says he trusted God's word about the flood. 
And we have an internal response to this faith in reverent fear. And we have an external response to this trust in God, this faith. He built the ark. But ultimately, Noah exercised faith and trusted in God's promises, God's word. It's implied he trusted in God's promise all the way back in Genesis 3.15 that he would send a seed who would save us. So Noah, just like is illustrated by Abraham in Romans 4, Paul tells us uh, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Noah believed God and that is how he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So, as we move to the table this morning, I want you to remember Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah trusted God's promise and received full, complete forgiveness Are you trusting in God's promise? Father, we come before you trusting in your provision of Christ, his broken body and his shed blood. Father, we trust in his work to satisfy all of the wrath that we have earned by our sin. Father, I ask that you would encourage, remind, build up your people as we observe this sacrament. And Father, for those who are outside of faith in Christ, would you grant them the gift of conviction? Would you stir in them and call them to yourself? We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen.